Hey guys, welcome to Bang Broadcast, episode number 346. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, breaking down all the top San Diego Comic-Con news from the past week. Honestly, it's all San Diego Comic-Con this past week, right guys? I thought we were going to talk about other things. Oh yeah, two, uh, other news too. Top, okay, the top geek stories from the past week. John's on his cell phone. I don't know what he's doing. I was watching the Defenders trailer. You know, because he needs to talk to us about the list, which comes out July 26, 2017. Wait, what, what does? The books that we are looking forward oh. to coming out. July 26. I was trying to bullshit a little bit so you could have more time on watching your trailer on your phone, but then Chris did not like it. Nope, I don't like it. I was ready for it to get thrown over to me, and then it just kind of fell, and I was like, was I supposed to pick that up? I can't tell. I was watching a movie trailer. (laughs) And that takes us to the main topic. Chris, what is it? Yeah, uh, we're talking about a book that John picked, Green Valley. I don't know who wrote it or drew it. Uh, It is uh, Max Max Landis. Landis. I know that. And then, because he's famous for what? Uh, His father. Oh. And then art by Giuseppe Camacoli. Okay. Wait, and his father's famous for what? American Werewolf in London. Oh. Uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, I like the Blues Brothers movie. American Werewolf in London is a good movie. Alright. So when we said we were ready to show, were we? I don't know. We should have drank some more, right? We, we are. We are. We're drinking. We're definitely drinking, and this is something uh, I just went on a little trip with my wife for our uh, wedding anniversary, and on the way back, we stopped in Columbus at Hoofhearted Brewery, uh, which is a pretty awesome little place, and I picked up the big reveal. This is a pale ale brewed with uh, lactose sugars, uh, 5.4%. This is very New england rounded kind of hops. Smooth, easy, easy drinking. Good flavor. Um, Paul said he got a little, little ghosted at the end, kind of disappears, but yeah. it's just, uh, I like it a little on the back end, but maybe because it's warmed up a little. Yeah, uh, now that it's warmed up, I get a little bit more of a malty kind of flavor, but it's very light. It's, it's an easy drinking light pounder can, and it's 5.4% alcohol by volume, so. It'll eventually get you to where you're going. Yeah, but. Nice session, session beer. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, I mean, that's what I like about it, just easy drinking. Uh, when I was down there, too, I had a double black IPA brewed with passion fruit and vanilla coming in at like 13%. Wow. It was phenomenal. Sounds it. It was good. It sounds it by the look in your eye. <laughs> if you could look into his eye, you would see it. Passion. This left eye. Passion. <laughs> We already used John's left eye as a as the episode title. You should have said your right eye. Well, keep I was keeping up with the theme of my left eye. Oh, okay. Chris, you're drinking something equally as delicious from what I what I've gathered. Um, it's it's pretty good. I bought a bunch of beer uh, at the beginning of last week, and then I proceeded to drink it throughout the week. So I don't have any of that. So last night after I got up at work, I stopped by Walmart because that's the only thing that's really open. After midnight here, and I picked up a six pack of the Not Your Mom's Strawberry Rhubarb. Mm. And this is coming out from Small Town Brewery. Um, we had some of their other stuff on the show before, like the 
Not Your Dad's Root Beer and one of the other ones. I can't remember what else we had from them at this point. But yeah, um, it was a strawberry rhubarb malt beverage, 5.9% ABV, uh, brewed with Madagascar vanilla. It's, it's good. It's tasty. It's nice for a uh, hot day, which is all we have down here now. I like it. I don't know if it's worth like the 10 bucks that I paid for the six pack. I mean, I could have gotten a really good beer for that that I would have really enjoyed, but yeah, this is something to drink. Uh, it's light enough that I can have a couple of them before I have to go to work tonight. So yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, it's been sitting out at room temperature. I'd probably be more of like that front porch drinking thing if it was chilled. Uh, it's got a nice kind of like rhubarb tart on it. I need the tartness. You need the tartness. And something that will make you pucker are these numbers for our movie list. Ooh, yeah. Uh, we all expected Spider-Man to be the big movie. I think that's the one we all picked to win. Uh, and at this point, it looks like it's going to be the first movie that came out and the number one movie on this list, and that's Guardians of the Galaxy. It, it looks like it's going to win. But we did get a couple other uh, movies that opened up this week, Paul. Yeah, two other movies opened up this uh, past weekend. Uh, we had Valerian and the City of a Thousand City? Planets, or uh, Planet of a Thousand Cities. And, City of a Thousand Planets. No, you're right. First time. Oh, well, then why did John correct me? What a jerk. Uh, <laughs> that only opened up with $17 million this weekend. And then Dunkirk, uh, g- steamed in and, uh, earned $50 million this opening weekend. Estimates so far, rough estimates from Box Office Mojo were recording early on Sunday. But, uh, it looks like Dunkirk it just got enough to get past the, uh, Transformers. Six or Transformers Five. I don't even know which number Transformers it is anymore. But the last night from Transformers is is uh has been defeated by Dunkirk. It looks like Transformers, the, the secret uh sword in the stone King Arthur story. Because hmm. Michael Bay's always wanted to make a King Arthur movie, and he pretty much was never going to be able to do it. So he made a Transformers movie into it. That's. That's interesting. It's true, though. Okay. I don't doubt it. But I'm not going to watch it. It does not make me want to see that movie anymore. <laughs> nobody wanted to see it. It makes me want no, to see it. No, that nobody wanted to. That's why he only did 17 million. Yeah. It only opened with 17. Oh, no, that was 44. Oh, no, 44. Um, Valeria did 17 million. Yeah. I'm sorry. All right. So that's our movie numbers. Uh, other big news is, uh, they had some sad passings over the past uh, week and a half, two weeks almost. Uh, George Romero, the uh, creator of Night of the Living Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead. So every time you see zombies and people are shacked up in a uh, shopping mall, you need to give him credit and rights for because I remember ba- that being a thing. Basically, he's like the, the godfather of the, the zombie movie. Like I feel like if it wasn't for like, his work, we wouldn't have had zombies be like the cultural phenomenon that they are it's uh, sad that he's passed but hopefully somebody's guarding his tomb hopefully someone's guarding his glasses that's a Smithsonian like type thing yeah I would want yeah. to see those in the Smithsonian those need to be like on display somewhere yeah good call Chris thank you 
I wouldn't likely, have they need it. to go on a they need to go on a mall tour where they just like ship them around the country. <laughs> I I would go see them. I think I would too. I would ask him, guy. Yeah, sure, you can put them on. Here you go, kid. We had the same prescription. <laughs> I kind of want to see him like show up. Not the actual article, but you know, not just the, not them drag his body around. No, no, no. But the glasses uh, actually show up in movie, all zombie movies from now on. Like at least one zombie has to wear it. Kind of like the Wilhelm scream. Like it, you know, in a science fiction fantasy movie, if you fall down a cliff or off a cliff or a high ledge, you get the Wilhelm scream. You kind of have to have the zombie with the Romero glasses on him. Yeah, I think that would be a nice tribute. Um, Listeners, what do you think would be a light, nice tribute? You guys won't tell us. It's fine. Let us know on Facebook. It'll be fun. I've seen so many of his movies. John's on his phone again. I don't I was know looking at his, uh, Oh, you're his, looking at his Romero glasses? Yes. No, I was looking at his uh, list. Chris, remember when we watched Monkey Shines? With the I little, forgot about The Little Killer movie. Monkey? That was one of his... Uh, and then, uh, John Hurd, the father from Home Alone, he also passed away at 72. Um, as Paul, yeah. as Paul reminded us, and I remembered, he was also the star of Chud. Yeah. A movie I saw with John. And we ate some really bad cherry pie from, <laughs> from, uh, Sally, not Fitz, Sally Fields. Mrs. Fields. Mrs. Fields? Did we watch? Yeah, I was gonna say, if Sally Fields is bringing you pie. That's still pretty cool. <laughs> that would be pretty she cool. Flew she flew in. Fly in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you, you know, she's just in the habit of doing that, guys. But if you missed it, Chris and I uh, both made the same joke. <laughs> uh, yeah. We got it. Did we do Chud for a uh, fix movie? Fix? I have no idea. I might have. I don't think we did. I think you just watched that because think... you made a reference to Paul's brother being a Chud, and he didn't know what. What that meant. Uh, I like that he then we were at a, we were on the way to a comic book convention. I said that his brother looks like a chud, uh, and then Paul went found the movie in like the uh, like one of the shops, and then said to the woman who was standing there, <laughs> he goes like, hey, "That guy said my brother looks like this," <laughs> and she was like, "I don't care, sir. Don't steal it." And then he just put it down, and, and then like Paul was all like, ah, "I don't know. I'm kind of upset about this." <laughs> yep. I kind of get upset about things. I don't know. You told me my nephew was ugly. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Your brother still looks like a chud. I'm not going to Right. I got to live with that, Pat. You got to live with that. You got to live with your own. Well, I'm just glad he looks like my sister. Little brother. Like, hey, the sister's ugly. Oh, okay. Huh? <laughs> come on. What, what, what else are we talking about here? Well, you you mentioned it off the top. San Diego Comic Con gave us a, a lot of trailers, uh, and the one trailer I do want to bring up uh, is the backdoor Abe Sapien trailer done by Guillermo del Toro. He's got a new movie about this aquatic man that lives in this uh, fish tank in a fish tank that eats <laughs> eggs, and this uh, mute woman who falls in love with him and then. Helps him escape from this government facility. Uh, I didn't see that. Um, I, uh, I lost. It's called Sapien Abe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's called Eba 
Nisopsis. I was trying to figure out ape safety and um, and I couldn't do it. I'm sorry, I, I closed the window that had this open to bring it up, to finish bringing it up. Uh, my apologies, folks. But is it an action movie? Is it a no? It's a it's a rom com. It's a suspense uh, love movie. But uh, as soon as I, I was like, "Oh, new movie from Guillermo del Toro. Let's watch it." And then I was like, "He's totally just doing." He's uh, it's called the shapes shape of water. Um, but here, like the poster for it, Paul. If you take a look, uh, that's Abe Sapien. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it looks like he's done a Abe Sapien movie and nobody's realized but me. And Gil Toro. Yes. He knew. He knew. He knows. He knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. That's a pretty good, I, I want to call out a trailer that I'm interested in, but I heard news from Comic-Con that makes me a little less interested in it. Uh, Ready Player One. It's the, uh, Ernest Klein's movie. It's being co-written with Steven Spielberg and Ernest Klein. Steven Spielberg produced. It's a story of... Uh, he also directs it, too. Yeah. Uh, it's a near future where basically every the world has completely gotten... has become overpopulated. Uh, it's kind of shitty. And the only place to really go anymore is online in a virtual reality form of online called the Oasis, where even the government, uh, you know, the United States government has run out of money to actually do actual physical schools for kids anymore. So you log on to the Oasis and go to school in there. And then you can also do like massively multiplayer, like weird, crazy online gaming kind of things. Like World of Warcraft would have its own like planet that you would travel to and like basically play, play like World, World of Warcraft. Warcraft. There. Every movie, basic people create, it's like a giant wiki of all 80s pop culture. And the guy that created it, this, you know, Oasis was 80s pop culture obsessed. And the, uh, before he died, he actually announced that he he has put all his life fortune, all the money that he's ever gained and will ever gain from this, is now being funneled into a trust. And only the people that complete the quest and solve this riddle, this series of riddles, will be able to amass this function and actually, Willy Wonka style, own the factory of, you know, the Oasis. We'll have permanent lifetime control of Oasis. And it's about this kid that uh, stumbles upon is obsessed about it and kind of stumbles on this adventure uh, as the big corporate entities are also trying to gain control, wrestle control of Oasis. Uh, and that's who the IOI are. Big robot, police-looking guys. So it's, you know, it's a kind of a crazy 80s pop culture romp. With in Iron Giant in it, Paul. Uh, yeah, they showed Iron Giant. And uh, at that point, I'm like, oh, snap, it's Warner Brothers doing it. And it looks Spielberg. With Spielberg, so maybe they're only going to pull Warner Brother properties and not all of the properties. I saw Atari in there. Yeah, right. And I saw a couple other things. But... <laughs> so I'm a little I, hard to... I have no interest in this because I never read the book, so I <clears throat> I didn't watch the trailer. Sorry. It's okay. Um, I think it's an interesting trailer enough. If you watch the trailer and not are even less interested in the book, then yeah, okay, it might just not strike your fancy. If what I just said doesn't strike your fancy. It's a Willy Wonka Matrix video but not game, video gamey, you know, uh, kind of thing. Um, this is one of those things that, like, when we were talking about doing word books with friends, still wait for that podcast. But this is one of the books that <laughs> Paul was always like, "We got to do this book." Yeah, it's the book that everybody was talking about when it first came out. <laughs> kind of like Game of Thrones when it first came out, <laughs> and then uh, 
but in the Martian. Um, what was I saying? Oh, but they but they also said that this might it's going to have uh, it's going to be telling its own story. So it's not going to be a direct t- uh, you know play by play of the book, which makes me a little nervous because that's what I wanted to see. I'm but does it help that it's the writer? Yeah, he's influencing it, so it depends on how strong of an influencer he is. You know, if it's like a J.K. Rowling's like influence on it, then yeah, awesome. But if it's like just he's kind of there and like just putting his name to it, I'd be nervous. Okay. Chris, was there anything besides some of the movie ones we'll talk about that uh, struck you, or you'd um, it, it was like a really weak San Diego Comic Con for me. I don't know if it's just because so much stuff has kind of already come out and they're just like expanding upon it, but nothing was really announced that kind of got me hyped up for anything. Um, so, sorry, that's all right. I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to Thor Ragnarok now. Huh? Especially because they just decided, hey, you know what would make Thor better? Making it like Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you hear about the, basically the first five, they had a five minute, like, breakdown of, uh, scenes from uh, Infinity War? And how it's Well, that's, they actually had debuted that at D23 the week before. Oh, so right. it was kind of just them, like, rehashing that material. Oh, we uh, talked about that, Chris! We, we did, I'm not. On episode 346. Yeah, you can check that out. Which I think that one was published, right? Yeah, yeah, it's out. It's okay. People should, yeah, we published it right away because we didn't want that news to go stale. Yeah, we, we talk about uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge a bunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, good, all good things, check it out. Um, I, I'm i excited for Infinity War. I wish they had released that footage. Uh, I understand keeping stuff kind of exclusive for D23. Or San Diego Comic Con, but when you start just having that be your go-to footage, because like, oh no, people want to see this, just put it out for everybody mm-hmm. at that point. I mean, it was already released a week ago at D23. They released it this weekend at San Diego Comic Con. Just put it out now for all those other subs that can't travel to San Diego for gigantic conventions. Yeah. But yeah, Thor Ragnarok looks cool. It's cute. Get back to something that I actually liked. <laughs> I liked it because it actually can it confirms it's a bromance movie between Thor and Hulk, uh, I, and I I love yeah, a good like bromance it movie. Confirms it's like it's a bu- it's a buddy a buddy movie. Uh, yeah, and I do enjoy seeing uh, some smart Hulk. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, more than smarter Hulk. Hulk. Yeah, smarter yeah. Hulk. Smarter Hulk. Not not Mister Fixit Hulk. No. But it's, but still, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, it's a smarter Hulk than we've seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was kind of fun. The look of the more, movie. We get some more Loki in it. Yeah. The look of it just looks really, as we'd seen before, but like colors, everything just really pops in the look of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I'm looking forward to that. It's Thor with more laser guns. <laughs> and spaceships. Mm-hmm. Now, I pulled a Paul with, uh, the trailer for Stranger Things 2. I what does that mean? I refuse to watch it. I was like, you know what? I don't... Oh, watch. it's really good, though. I know. Like, I'm excited for the series. Nothing has to amp me up anymore, and I don't want something in that to ruin the show for me. Oh, I, I don't think anything in that trailer is going to ruin the show yeah. for you. 
Um, I mean, since you watched the first trailer, this is very much kind of in that same vein, but I don't want you to think that means you don't have to watch it because this teases a lot more and I'm so pumped for it. Now, Chris, I, I do have, have news. Oh. What? I do have news about Captain Marvel, the Captain Marvel movie. Don't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, because you, you, you're doing that thing with, like John is doing for Stranger Things right now where you don't want to know anything about it, right? Yeah, but well, wanna... he was doing that just to be like, I'm not going to follow anything about it. Where yeah, I'm that like, was, I, that was I want to go in like fresh. I want to like just experience for what it is. Like Stranger Things, I feel like we we know enough about it, mm-hmm. and this trailer doesn't really tell you anything more. Like it gives you the same stuff that the first trailer did, where it's it's teasing like, hey, we're getting all these characters back. Are, are you ready for it? And it's, it's awesome. Like, it's done to Michael Jackson's thriller, but then it's also remixed with the Stranger Things theme song. It's an amazing song. I wish I could, like, download that from somewhere. You probably can. Uh, no, it, it looks great. It's just a voiceover of Vincent Price's part of Thriller. It doesn't oh. actually go into Michael Jackson doing the mm. Thriller. I'm going to, I'm going to try not to watch it. Okay. Yeah. I think it would. If you don't want to be spoiled, but I think it is entertaining enough to go back after you watch the full season to watch it. Because I think there's entertainment value to the trailer itself with how they mash up the scenes with really that music video. Because yeah. that's the, that's where pop culture is right now. Yeah. You take a music video, you hash in your own stuff and you call it a movie. Yep. Guardians 2. <laughs> Baby Driver. <laughs> Did you see Baby Driver? No. Then you don't know. You, ex- you explained it to me. <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember watching videos. Uh, well, other another Netflix trailer we got was for Defenders. Um, this is like the second one we've got. The first one we had was a teaser trailer. Uh, I watched this. I still haven't seen Iron Fist yet, but this this looks pretty solid. Uh, it does look good. It looks a nice bringing the team together. Uh you got to see uh, Sigourney Weaver more as the bad guy. I like that she's like at a like a business like a business meeting with a huge table, mm-hmm. and Iron Fist breaks in, and then everybody at the table like gets up and has like a weapon and are gonna fight fight him. Um, <clears throat> she looked fun. Now you didn't see this one, Paul? No, because I'm like Chris about Captain Marvel with the Netflix Marvel universe. I don't care. <laughs> but but. It's not that I don't care. It's like I want to go in fresh. You just don't like the Netflix universe. Yeah, I tried with Jessica Jones. So don't don't lump yourself in with me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> totally different thing. Something that I'm looking forward to. You just want to go in fresh. Yeah, I, I feel like again, like they feed us so much. I I would like to go in clean one time, and it's going to be really hard, and I can't guarantee that I'm going to. But right. you know what? Why not? Be careful, because there was news coming out of San Diego Comic Con about it, about the set. Well, I did see a headline where it's like, Nick Fury and Captain Marvel. I was like, okay, well, that's fine. Okay. Just be careful. Yeah. Beware. Headlines are okay. Well, there was a big headline, so watch yourself. For Captain Marvel? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just, just saying. Uh, and that's about it, right? I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out for it. We'll try to avoid we'll, it. We got somebody oh, yeah. that's driving uh, stupid, sexist, 
Idiot Nerds Crazy. And that is uh Jody uh Whittaker being announced. Whitaker? 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 Have you never have you never said the name Whitaker before? No, have it. Taker. Uh I have like I'm <laughs> She's re- like the puzzle master's arch nemesis. I'm reading from afar, guys. Uh and she is cast as the thirteenth doctor, um, following Peter Capaldi, who took me out of watching Doctor Who. Uh, I couldn't watch the first season and people say, Well, it gets kinda of better later. My good man, Clara. Um, Who am I, Clara? Oh my gosh. I'm an old man, Clara. Uh, so this actually makes me, you know, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll jump back on. And then, um, and then I was talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, but I don't like her. I don't like her costume for it. And then I'm like, I think it's just like what she's wearing just to reveal. I don't think she's gonna walk around with a big trench coat yeah. and a hoodie. I think that was just a reveal look. And he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, eh, you're stupid. I don't know. A lot of people didn't like how young Matt Smith looked. Yeah, people had a lot of a lot of stuff about Matt Smith. You know, he was in Party Animals. He wasn't that great in that. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this is uh, Jodie Whittaker's coming from Broadchurch, which was written by the going to be the new showrunner. He was one of the head writers. Uh, Along with Stephen Moffat was uh, involved with that show as well. And also David Tennant. David Tennant. So David Tennant probably said, hey, this is how you do the Doctor right. She probably is talking to David Tennant quite a bit. And be like, So I'm very excited about this. New showrunner, new Doctor. David Tennant. David Tennant. <laughs> David Tennant. Like, giving her a call, being like, no, you did a great job. Yeah, everything's awesome. Uh, she was also, I, I really only know her from... Um, Attack the Block, Ooh. which was a British sci-fi movie that starred uh, John Boyega. Yeah. So. Oh, um, not not Comic Con news, but they released the teaser trailer for Pacific Rim Uprising. I shared that to the Facebook page. I don't know if anyone else saw it. I started watching a little bit at the beginning, and it was just like a bunch of robots, like action arms. Yeah, it, and it stuff. gives you a sneak peek at the the new Jaegers. Mm. But I mean, it's just a teaser trailer, you know, and it takes place. Like years after the original one. Well, that makes sense because it's been years since the first movie. So, it's more time. Like decades because oh. uh, John Boyega's character is actually um, Idris Elba Pentecost, his son. Huh? Yeah, he has a, he has a kid, and now like this is him like in the future, like grown up being a Jaeger pilot. Okay. So if his son in the original right. movie was like one, oh, and he's okay. like twenty five, it's okay that far into the future. Okay, I, I haven't seen the first one. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Uh, Paul, it's a pass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I didn't like Evan Galen either. I only watch things that John and Chris don't say are good, because <laughs> then I can make my own opinion. Pretty much, I'm Paul. Mm-hmm. Right now, I have broken glass in my shoes, so I can feel alive when I walk around. <laughs> That's actually also true. You know, it cost me a lot of money in socks, but it's just <laughs> worth it. Why don't you wear no socks? <laughs> because I don't want my I shoes to smell. I don't want to get bacteria on my yeah. toes. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I got any open uh, cuts. Any other news? No. <laughs> nope, not that I have. Young Justice has come back with the third season finally. It's going to be called 
Young Justice Outsiders. Different uh, lineup on the team, on the squad. Looks but good. Almost all the same people. Yeah. Just added a couple. Uh, Superboy isn't back. Spoiler is going to be in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, they Blue all Beetle. look like they're wearing gym, sh- gym outfits. Well, you know. They all yeah. look like they have, like, track pants, yoga pants, and sneakers on. Yeah, they gotta stay relaxed. Gotta stay comfortable. Like, uh, you wanted everybody to be wearing high heels? No, like... I don't know. Their costumes? They're costumey. If, if their costumes were tracksuits. And they got belts. They got belts, everybody! And, and you know what else we... You know what else we got? Uh, the books that we are looking forward to coming out July 26th. Chris, uh, what do you got going on, bud? Uh, this this is a really light week for me. The only book coming out that I'm picking up is actually going to be Green Lanterns, but I'm going to go back to last week because we didn't talk about books, and I never followed through on what I was going to buy from that week. Uh, I'm looking forward to Marvel's Astonishing X-Men number one. This is written by Charles Soule with art by Jim Cheung. Um, this is basically the X-Men blue team that I loved growing up, like Psylocke, Old Man Logan, Bishop, Rogue, Gambit, uh, I think Storm's on the team too, maybe not, I can't remember though, well, no, but uh, yeah, it looks, it looks like a cool X-Men team doing X-Men things. It's an artist I love, a writer that I like, so yeah, checking this one out. That does sound good. So Charles Soule is writing like every book over at Marvel. Right, other More. than the ones done by Dan Slott or Brian Michael Bendis, it's like those three. Seems like it. Yeah. It, it, uh, I am looking forward to uh, the Eisner Award winning again uh, for the book, fifth time. The book writing team and artists on this uh, saga, uh, saga number forty-five. I can't. Say anything. I mean, I, I I've talked about it for forty five issues, basically. Uh, it's a great book. Look forward to my next trade and policy, which is going to be volume one and two, making Paul really get into the nitty gritty <laughs> of the of the series. Yeah. And uh, Paul, what do you got? What are you going for, buddy? I'm going back to Superman because you know how much I love Superman Birthright. Uh, one of my old trade and policies, and this is again, I'm going to pick up the next issue, uh, nine eighty four. I just picked up nine eighty three. I haven't read it yet, but I'm excited too. It's uh. It's entitled Revenge, and this is the Superman family versus, like, the anti-Superman va- family. You got Doomsday, Cyborg Superman, Lex Luthor, uh, Mongol, all against uh, the new Superman, Superman, Supergirl, uh, Steel. Steel's back! Yeah, Steel's back. I'm super, like, Mongol's back because he was killed in, like, Green Lantern stuff, like, years ago, and, like, his sister was, like, the new Mongol. No, it's, it's Boy Mongol, which is on the cover. Hmm. Uh, part two, as battles of titanic proportion rages through Superman's Arctic Fortress as General Zalad reveals his ultimate plan by accessing the Phantom Zone, Superman's family lies hang in the balance. So, there you go. It looks like a big hey, old... Goodbye, Steel. It's a big old superhero brawl, so that might be fun. Written by Dan Jurgens. Art by uh, Patrick uh, Zercher. Names I can pronounce. And now, a dramatic reading. Special edition of KFC Across the Universe, number three. What are y'all gawking at? This ain't my first barbecue. 
Colonel, I'm getting reports from every space sector that all capsules are arriving empty. Some cosmic vomit must have waylaid my zingers. I'm doing it my way. Yeah, kind of figured. See, I can't stay here and cook for you, laughers. I got way too much going on back at the office. But what you can do, what actually makes sense, is to open your own KFC right here on Okara. You can't even get your orange lanterns to be a kitchen crew. KFC? That's right. That's how you can have all the zingers you want. Just the way I'd make them. Yes, I will do that. Of course you're going to have to run the place to Moss Dimbs. Don't worry, we have an excellent training program. I can't believe he fell for that. Oh, I meant every word. Better he be he's busy here than, uh, than out causing trouble. Now let's get home so I can write up the contracts for, for my first okra location. Right. After we make one stop. And that was a dramatic reading. Special edition of KFC Across the Universe. So I haven't read this book. Do they stop at a KFC? No, they stop back at Owa. Oh, okay. And then, then the colonel is trying to convince the guardians uh, to open up a KFC franchise on Oa as well, so that he can feed all of his the great space cops that are going that are working there. Makes sense. Yeah, you know, after the Warriors Diner, uh, you know, fell apart, you know that uh, Kyle and uh, and what's his and um, guy guy were running. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, what's that guy's name? What's that guy? You know the guy. You know the guy. Yeah, guy. Yeah, the guy. what's his name? God, the guy. The guy. Uh, you know, after that bar fell apart, you know, they need a KFC. And what better to wash down KFC than our next I'm beer? I'm sorry, Paul, Paul, you can make a hybrid word of that because it fell apart. Oh, fell apart, yeah. I like to make hybrid words in my, uh, in my free time. Mm, you're a portmanteauer. Y'all got that one for free. Uh, this is, uh, John and I are drinking hot probs, and this is a 90s infused Hoof-hearted brewing, uh, 80s. They're, they're big into the 80s. Oh, this is an 80s? Okay, late 80s, early 90s, looks like. Oh, The Urge to Purge, 1987 edition. Okay. So this is a double dry I'm hot like looking for something. Uh, the cover, like all of their art, is a little crazy, and you have very 80s looking hot probs, but then there's like, uh, a 80s, like, prostitute that's all roughed up, um, Dirty, she's got claws, she's smoking a cigarette, and then there's a uh, high heel phone in the picture as well. What makes her what makes you jump to that conclusion for that for that her her career choice, by the way? I'm like thinking like it's a warrior spin off or some sort of like uh, she's a rough she's in a rough gang in the eighties. Because somebody said when I was getting it, you're getting the hooker beer. Oh. <laughs> Alright, so uh Whenever you say hot props too, it makes me think of hot cops from Arrested <laughs> Development. It makes me smile. Uh, but this is a nice, another super this is juicier, easy drinking uh, beer. Um, yeah, it's got a nice juiciness to it. Mm-hmm. Pineapple-y, passion drinking, fruity. Another kind of wash over the tongue, mm-hmm. not a lot of linger there. Uh, but another just really good beer from Hoofheart. Um, or maybe it's a reference to Heather's because it says, what's your damage, Heather? Maybe. 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 I don't, I've never watched the movie Heather's. Oh, it's a great movie. They should actually make all oh, high just, school girls just watch it. So Paul will never watch it. Yeah, pretty much. 
They make a lot of references to it on the Gilmore Girls, though, so that might counteract. Mm. And you do love Christian Slater. Christian Slater's in that movie? Yeah. Yeah. He was great in uh, Robin Hood. He was really good in Cuffs. I have never seen Cuffs. Oh. Uh, is it his... a cop movie, or is it about jeans? Uh, cop Both. movie. He's really good in gleaming. Jeans that cuff their pants. He was really good in gleaming the cube. That's a skateboarding movie, which I've never mm-hmm. seen. All right, so, uh, John, what have you brought to us? Uh, so, uh, about a month and a half ago, we did a not episode, Paul and myself, uh, where we picked, um, issues out of our wish list, uh, that we'd been wanting to read, never got around to it, and we did a show and talked about them. Coming out of that, both of us agreed that we enjoyed these issues, mm-hmm. and we wanted to do a trade and policy of those. Uh, so this is my trade and policy. And we are doing Green Valley. This is uh, written by Max Landis and art by Giuseppe Cap... Uh, I want to say Capicola. Capicoli. Capicoli. Camicoli. Camicoli. Uh, and this is... Um, this starts out as kind of a knights, Lord of the Rings ask. These are the best knights, the, the knights of Clodoia? Yeah, sure. Um, Capricoli. Capricoli. These are the Knights of Capricoli. Uh, uh, you have kind of the leader who's gonna be your swordsman, and then you have the kind of the second command. Um, you have the great archer, you got the guy with the big beard and the axe, Mm -hmm. and these are these renowned knights that protect this castle. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they're pretty, they are pretty badass. They end up, uh, pretty much causing this barbarian horde to back away and retreat just by basically talking to him and zinging the guy's ear with uh, an arrow. They come back to the castle. Everybody's like, yeah, cool. Everything's great. Well, the knights are awesome. And they have a big party. You find out that the, the leader of this group uh, has a wife. He's ready to retire. He's going to stop, you know, being one of the protectors, yep. settle down. They're going to have, they're going to, you know, start a family. When the barbarian horde attack. In the middle of the night, when they're all asleep. In the middle of the night, well, the... Oh, he was one day away from retirement. He was! And the, uh, the, the guard on duty falls asleep, and they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed, and the, uh, the lead, the lead knight is, uh, his wife is shot with like a hundred arrows and burned alive. And, uh, from there, you're like, oh man, this is going to be this like redemptive story of bringing these knights back together. Their castle has fallen. This guy has uh, he's lost the will to not only fight but to lead to to do anything. Or I thought it was going to be a revenge tale. You see him take down the main barbarian, but maybe he would go off and be like, nope, anybody involved, all dead. And then uh, so in this, oh, it's going to be this redemptive story because this kid comes to. Comes to them. Oh, in the second issue. In the yeah. second issue, comes to them. Yeah, which, which takes place like a year or two after. The yeah, almost all. Uh, I think yeah, like they've been year. out of the game yeah. for a while. A full year later, and like at one moment, like uh, the lead knight is just like thinking about walking into the river, and he's dressed in his full armor. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about walking into the, the the river and seeing how far I can make it. And the guy's like, "Uh, you'll make it all the way to the bottom." Yeah, you're not. Yeah, that you're gonna drown if you do that. And he's just kind of like, "Yeah, no." Mm-hmm. Um, so this kid comes to the town and he says like, Hey, 
we I need the knights of uh, Capicola. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys are our only hope. We have a dark sorcerer with crazy magic and dragons who have taken over the Green Valley, and we need your help to defeat him. And they're like, magic's not real. Dragons aren't real. <laughs> You're crazy, kid. But the rest of them convinced the leader knight that he has to go because that's what these guys are there for. They're the best of the mm-hmm. best. They're supposed to be saving people. And uh, as they go there, they run into a guy, the sorcerer, mm-hmm. just a dude like with a leather jacket with, with like a American flag on the back and flag on the side. He's wearing jeans and he's got basically a souped up iPhone. And all of a sudden, boom, time travel in the middle of this book that is not expected at all. Uh, and it is that redemptive story between them and fighting this time this time wizard with raptors and dinosaurs whose spaceship has crashed and it is uh fun i read i couldn't put these books down i had bought issues one through eight and i read two through eight i read two through nine last night uh because by one o'clock in the morning I had just finished reading eight and was like, man, uh, there's one issue left. I got to do it. And I bought it. And it was the conclusion of the mm-hmm. series. But this series is so much fun. It's well paced. Uh, I loved every minute of it. Yeah, it it kind of speeds. It really does speed up after that first issue. The first issue, you know, is kind of plotting. You know, we enjoyed it. We're like, OK, well, we'll see where it goes. I did not know it was going to take that hard of a left. I didn't either. Like it's well, it definitely does, and they're very fast reads. Like when we were supposed to talk about this last week on the show, and John was like, "Oh, I didn't read them yet." I was like, "You can sit down and read them all in like mm-hmm. fifteen minutes." Nobody, nobody said that, and we chose they're, we chose a different topic because John, John, it was your book. You picked it. <laughs> I know, but I, I wasn't keeping up on things. <laughs> we uh, assumed no, you read it already. <laughs> it, it starts off just kind of like you're very much like cookie cutter type fantasy book, but then when it does make that turn, like it brings something else to it. And my only complaint is with the characters because they don't have any yeah. characteristics. Like they're just there to do things in this crazy story. You got um, the bearded guy that's down on himself because he's like, oh, I lie about actually killing I, dragons because I, there's no I such tell dragons. tall tales. Uh-huh. Okay, but he's suffering from impersonating. You, you don't know his name. You have no real commitment to any of these characters because they're they're the guy who like wife gets killed. It's Kira the young Walt? guy. The guy yeah. with like the shaved uh, sides. Like, Lindy. Uh, Berthal. Bartholomew Berth Bart or Bert is uh the dragon guy. No, right? he's no? the the leader with the white beard. Oh okay. uh, uh Gerald Rufus is uh the, the second, second in command. command. And uh what did you say? It starts with a G. G Gully. Gully is the guy with the big beard that's mm-hmm. down on his luck, and uh, Indy, Indy, Indy. Indy is the guy, the, the archer who likes the ladies. Likes the ladies. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there's, yeah, the, you're, you're right, Chris. They are kind of archetypical, archetypical, archetypical. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, I, I agree completely. I like Gully quite a bit because of the whole imposter. I hated his beard. Oh yeah, his beard is a little. Have crazy. a mustache with that beard. All right. Okay, but I like that he was suffering from imposter sy- syndrome, even though he's done such great things. Like he's like, yeah, 
But it's all based on this one lie that guy used to tell about killing dragons. And, and, and I agree, it's, it has those cliche moments. This guy who, you know, I told these stories about fighting dragons, you guys seem like you believe me, but I did do this one thing. Mm-hmm. I am, I'm worthy, but he's not feeling worthy until yeah. like, till the end where the, they give him the, the story to raise him up. And even when we had, um, before we recorded, and I said, Chris, did you get to read number nine? And he's like, no, I didn't get to read it yet. I was like... Well, I actually only read one through five because he said we were doing the first volume. And I don't think there are any more downloads at that point. There yeah. was, because I, if you look back, I said one through eight. Everything, I bought everything. Yeah, but uh, it, Chris also read them while he was on an airplane coming to visit <laughs> us about a month ago. So, um, but, but anyways, like, even when I said, like, you can, you can read... You don't need to read issue nine because it's what you expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Everything falls into that cookie cutter place. You know, it's that, yes, this is this story. You know, they're beaten. They rise up. They have a little falling out. They get back together and they win the day. So, Chris, did you see the time cops? I don't know where issue five ends. <laughs> Are you introduced? To no, that? I don't think I saw that. Okay, because, uh, Bert gets pushed into a, time trap and is sent to the future where the time cops are trying to no, pull yeah. back. that doesn't happen. Number five is all about, like, fighting, like, the dinosaurs, and then they, like, find a spaceship. Yeah. Yeah, he gets pulled, like, Bert gets pulled to the future. They tell him how to... They tell him what everything is, and he explains it to the group. Um, and that's where I think a lot of the, yeah, character development happens in the latter part of the story, not in the first part. Yeah. And... I think it's, I think it's a good, it is a really quick read. It is a good read, but then again, like after that first twist, there's no more twists or turns. No, but it is, uh, I mean, it's in a way it's cookie cutter story. So you can, you don't need a lot of description. It's just, Hey, these are, this is the good guy. This is the bad guy. This guy has self doubt. This guy's still mourning the losses of his wife and everything that unfolds is just like, Oh yeah, no, I saw that happening. I can see that happening. I can see this happening. And when you think ahead on the book, the stuff you thought ahead about comes true, which is mm-hmm. always nice. That yeah. like, oh yeah, that's what I thought would happen. But it's done in a manner that you enjoyed everything that happened. Especially uh, in a book that it's medieval knights versus a time traveling jerk from like the nineteen eighties somehow. Like he wants to get back to nineteen eighty something. He loves the eighties. Uh and that's where he wants to retire. He's like going around uh, pilfering like just a sarcophagus, sarcophagi, and all dinosaurs, this other stuff. everything. Uh, because he, he screwed up his time so much that he can only travel backwards in time, and he's trying to fix well, it the up. Well, space cops zapped yeah. his ship so he can only go back in time. So now he's trying to fix his ship by gathering up a bunch of metal, and that's why he's become this dark wizard of this one town, and has forced people to collect metal for him. And uh, yeah. It's, I highly recommend it. Um, cause even Paul was saying, like, where do you, where do you, where would you end, like, the first volume in this? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I, it's all one. It's one, it's gonna, when it's the volume three. comes out, it's gonna be one through nine. That's why we haven't gotten a trade yet. But, yeah, I think it was, it was a lot of fun. I, I really loved it. Like, I'd go back and read it. I, I told my wife, like, cause it'll take you 30 minutes. <laughs> I told my wife, like, you should, you should sit down and read this. You'd really like it. It's a, it's a, it's a fun, it's a fun read. Yes. This is the perfect 
bathroom book. Oh, like, yeah. It's like you, if you bought the trade of it and you kept it in a bathroom, it wouldn't be in the bathroom for more than a week. Uh, no, you'd probably, like, just stay in there and finish it. <laughs> That's... My legs would fall asleep. I don't know. Uh, I, I read two issues <laughs> and then bought number nine <laughs> and, wa- and then walked up to bed. Uh, this is an image book, so there's um, the question of how much was it per issue? Uh, I bought all the issues except for number eight. I bought all of those for $1.99, $2.99 okay. for number eight. And then by the time I bought number nine, it was $1.99. Okay, I think that's a good price for them. I think anything more than that, I'd, I'd be a little hesitant to, to pick it up. Because it is such a quick read. And while it's enjoyable, I, I don't think I could spend like three ninety nine per issue for it. Uh, no, I would agree. If this book, if I was buying this book as it was coming out, I probably would have fallen off of it. But the fact that I bought it in a bulk, bulk of books that were all super cheap and that uh, I could binge read them... I think that's the best way to do it. Um, I, so I would say either buy all the, the issues cheap or wait for the trade to come out. Uh, but I think it is a fun read. I think the art totally fits the book. The art is uh, really... Art is good. I like the art in this book a lot. Um, and it's it's like just a fun, nice, like, sit-down, mindless read to just push through these books. Yeah, um... The actual hardcover for the book comes out September 27th. It'll be $30 hardcover. Ooh, a little the bit. The issues were $2.99 a piece, except for number nine, which was a larger issue for $3.99. So $3 times, na- uh, $3 times nine is 27 plus one. So $28 for all the books individually, you know. Right. Versus $30 for a hardcover. I don't think it's worth a hardcover for a print. I don't think so. I think they'd be smart to just put this out in a paper, super, like, seventeen ninety nine paperback. Because this is a book like you, I mean, you could easily pass this off to people as like, oh, you're just looking for a good read, or you like fantasy, or you like something fun, you like sci-fi, like, it's, you could, this would be, this should be that beat-up hardcover that <laughs> you've let people borrow. It's a disposable story. Oh, yeah. It's not something that you're going to be like, oh, this is that storyline this is that this, it's no absolute wonder woman it's no kingdom yeah. come it's no like yeah. the greatest story ever told it's a fun good-looking book but yeah i would not say 30 dollars who's the publisher image image yeah image would I, they it's, should know better that's odd that's <laughs> yeah. odd for them unless they're just like oh it's max Linus. but even still i bought all the issues for a dollar 99 yeah because we were buying them later so yeah this book came out in 2016 yeah. Yeah. So why $30? Oh my goodness. Yeah. yeah. Buy it. Like, I, I can go on and buy issues of another image book, Wicked and Divine, that came out like two months ago for $1.99 each. Like, I will say image is really good with dropping the price on those digital versions of the book. Like, so if you're not reading it like month to month, mm-hmm. like you can catch up real quick. And like this book was going back to reprint for issues constantly. So even at that point, You've reissued issues for people to buy, so what makes you think... Who's left? Yeah, who's going to spend that 30 bucks for this? Uh, yeah, I think that's... I, people that listen to the Bag and Boardcast, they're <laughs> like, oh, want to check that out, and I don't have access to comics You know what? You could probably find them really cheap at a comic book shop. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't think a comic shop would have brought it in. Well, you're know. saying they went back to reprints, so somebody was Somebody's going to, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 
I think this book is worth reading. I do not think it's thirty dollars worth reading. I mean, if I bought if I bought all of the issues at a dollar ninety nine, I spent nine is eighteen. I spent eighteen on this. Eighteen dollars for this trade. What I said, like fifteen to seventeen bucks for mm-hmm. a, a, a soft Paper cover of this. I would pay that. I did mm-hmm. basically. Um, a little more with that last book. Nineteen. Yeah, but well, no, it was number eight. I paid like I think I paid the two ninety nine price instead okay. of the dollar ninety nine price. But I think I think it's definitely a nice, easy read if you're interested in that. If you're looking for that twist, it's a good it's a good book. But yeah, I yeah, we not. spoiled that twist though. Like oh yeah yeah, like, but now going in it's it's a it's a different read when you know the guy comes in and says oh hey, yo uh, sorcerer's in town and you're like that sorcerer is a time traveler well it's obvious as soon as they get there oh yeah 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 as soon as you see the dude in like his jacket you're like oh time travel and then you're like oh the dragons have to be dinosaurs yep 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 they're yeah there. and uh, so there so once it's there's yeah there's no surprises. Afterwards, no, but I mean, well, him, you know, him, uh, Berthal going to the, the to the future, mm-hmm. talking to those guys, what he does to set himself up to not be able to do, yeah. Uh, so there are like, I mean, it's it's a, it's a well done story. It I, is. I think from start to finish, I I really enjoyed it. I couldn't I couldn't put it down. It's a lot easier not to put it down when somebody else paid for it though. I, you know well, what? I for a seventeen dollar, yeah. eighteen dollar trade, I have no, I have no qualms. I don't feel bad about it. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I, you know, going issue from issue, like Chris, you read up to issue five. Do you have? Are you going to go and read issues six through? Like, would you have spent more money to get six, seven, and eight, and nine? Um, that's the question. If it was on me to spend more money, probably not. Right. And that's kind of where I... It, it, w- it would have been one of those books that, like, okay, if they were still $2 a pop and, like, it was a light week and I didn't have anything else, like, coming out or, like, I didn't have other books want to read more, I, I might. And but I think... And I, I said when I, you went, I would be kicking down doors to get them. I said when you went to the bathroom, if this was... If I was buying this as an ongoing, I would have fallen off. Yeah, yeah. But the fact yeah. that I bought it and read mm-hmm. it in a big lump sum. Yeah, I, I think that works. Keep... And I, that's, I'm kind of coming back to that idea of the trade policy, the trade. You know, if it's yeah, going to be a trade, it has to be a dollars trade for like all nine issues. That's perfect. Like mm-hmm. at that point, I, I would say like, yeah, you know what? Like this would be a great book. Like pick up and then pass off to people. $30 for hard cover. No. It's, no. And I, and I, no. and I agree with what Chris mm-hmm. just said. I think we're all in agreement there. We're all in agreement. This is a podcast, hey. and we thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah. Wait, uh, so next next week are we doing monthly look back? Is that what we're on? Yeah, I think yeah we're on the monthly look back next week. Uh, well, we get to talk about more comic books we might like to buy or not. Yeah. <laughs> all of the books. But that's I, I I bought some books I haven't read them yet <laughs> for in July. I have I three books that I want to bring to the table that I haven't bought yet, but. I'll be picking those up. All right. Well, put them on the Google Doc, and then we'll know. That's some backstore, back, back, backstage look into how we plan the show, listeners. Highest quality, all the time. All right. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Find us over on the uh, on the Facebook at Bagnum Board. Uh, like us there. I like the Facebook likes. And actually, you know what? Oh, throw. What did I ask them to tell us about? 
in the very beginning, and I'm like, ah, nobody's going to do that. I don't listen to you. I know. But anyways, uh, contact us over there on the Facebook page. You know, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show. If you want me to be quiet, I understand. 